Welcome to TRB, everybody. That's right. It's the Resistance Broadcast. Thank you so much for joining us on this Monday. Uh, if you are in the United States, happy 4th of July uh, tomorrow. I'm sure people will be doing things tonight leading into tomorrow and maybe tomorrow all day. But whatever you do, be safe. Uh, don't pull a Skywalker. Keep all your fingies attached if you're doing any fireworking. Um, but we are doing the State of Star Wars our summer edition and we're gonna have an open discussion no notes pre-planned points we're just gonna let it rip and see what we think about the current state of star wars summer 2023 with me as always i'm john james and Lacey. uh what is going on do you guys have any fourth of july plans burgers Burgers, mm-hmm. okay. Always burgers, cookout. I just bought Matt a griddle for Father's Day. So he's pretty pumped to be using nice. that. He made sausage and peppers on it and chicken. So he's very good. Crossing off what to, do you guys have grills or griddles? Grill. Griddle's like the hot new thing, right? It's like it's not a grill anymore, it's griddle. Yeah. I did see yeah. uh like this addition that you could put on top of your grill, like you could yeah. do like almost like hibachi style. I forget what that's called. Mm-hmm. But a skillet? Yeah. Not a skillet. No, what is it called? It's a griddle. Oh, that's a griddle? Mm-hmm. So it's a flat top grill. There's no like space in between. It's like, oh, yeah. Like, yep, it's yep. like a, any type of restaurant, like a Five Guys or a diner or whatever. It's like the yeah. full top. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. It just now. heats the whole thing up evenly. Yeah, yeah. So you can have, it's just like more options. Like you make eggs on it, pancakes, like all that kind of stuff. So he's pretty nice. pumped about that. So it's I'm, like, I always wanted to make eggs outside and now I can. There it's you go. Funny. Everyone we've talked about it to has been like, oh, you can make breakfast outside. And I was just like, <laughs> is that a thing? Like people think about, like I never even considered it uh, until we got it and it was on the box. And I was like, oh, eggs and well, bacon and stuff. Brunch is really popular now. And brunch is often an outdoor thing. So you could whip up your breakfast food while you're having your mimosas outside in the sun. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, James, any plans for 4th of July? Um, yeah, actually my, uh, brother-in-law is celebrating his retirement from the military. So we're having a big party for him. Nice. Uh, and then on the 4th of July, well, actually not on the 4th of July. I think we're going to get, try to do fireworks or something, but then, um, so that's separate, uh, like local park thing. And then on the 4th of July, that is my nephew's birthday. So, um, we're going to do some stuff with him as well. Uh, and then from then on, like every weekend in July, there's like something that we're going to, whether it's like a, a a movie or, uh, or, uh, I don't know, all sorts of stuff. I think we're, we're going to a live podcast show up in Detroit even. It's been crazy like that, where it's like, as soon as it hits a certain point, it's, it's basically like end of May for me. It's like every weekend is something it's like birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to my brother-in-law's house. He has an in-ground pool and family will get together and we'll grill and go swimming and, uh, that sort of thing. And now that Daisy is two, uh, she's really going to get a chance to like get her swimmies on and jump in and see what she can do. So that's cool. Um, but yeah, so looking forward to that, but also looking forward to talking about Star Wars right now. And as we like to do often. We're going to kick it off with our segment, Will of the Force. I fear nothing for all this as the Force wills it. 
Everybody loves Will the Force, uh, and I'm excited to get back into it again. Uh, if you don't know, this segment is uh, submitted questions by our patrons. Um, so we're just going to kick it off here with our first patron submission on Will the Force this week, coming from Major Daniel Ball. Uh, Daniel asks us the question, <clears throat> you guys ready for this? Mm -hmm. Make an appearance, or at least a mention, in the Acolyte. I'm starting with you, Lacey. What do you think? Uh, do you think any chance we're going to see Yoda mentioned or appear in a pseudo High Republic show? This is going to be a dumb question. Accolade takes place during the High Republic, right? It takes place at the very end of the High Republic, <clears throat> yeah. which is still, I think they're they're really narrowing and loose on those terms mm -hmm, of what that means. But Yoda's exactly. around, yeah. Um, I'm going to say yes, because he's literally been mentioned or shown and everything else. <laughs> like they are not letting Yoda go anytime soon. He was in the, um, you know, young Jedi adventures as like a consistent character. Uh, I just have been reading a recent star Wars book that's about to come out and he's mentioned in that. Uh, so I just feel like he's one of those characters that Lucasfilm is, just constantly throwing him in whether it's a mention or an appearance um which makes me think okay i understand to someone that maybe isn't a big star wars fan that might be just getting into it they're like oh i know yoda you know so they feel like it's a connection there but at the same time i'm like man this dude is busy because he's in everything like the fact that he knows like all these padawans and young jedi adventures by name and like knows what they're about and like trains them and gives them lightsabers and stuff it's like you look at that and you're like, wow, he was very active. He was also having meetings with Anakin one-on-one. -on -one. Like, does this guy sleep is what I would ask. But yes, I think I think that he definitely will be mentioned or shown. I think he's going to be mentioned before shown, but that's just me. That's why he needed rest at the end of Return of the Jedi. I need rest. Sleep. Suffering. <laughs> Royalties. <laughs> In every project. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, I also, too, am going to say yes to this. Um, I think that the Acolyte could potentially give us that little, like, uh, sub characters, you know, development that's happening over here and not mm -hmm. necessarily the bigger spotlight. So mm -hmm. that would be exciting. Um, but I think that given the opportunity to work with Yoda, we've not seen it in Mandalorian. We've not seen it in, uh, and, or we've not seen it in Obi-Wan, you know, we're probably not going to see it in Ahsoka. It just seems like they have an opportunity to be like, Hey, our Disney plus show could use a little like big character development and have a character show up and boost ratings in that show too. Um, and this would probably be the best opportunity because you don't have to have your Mace windows and uh, stuff like that You mm -hmm. because it's it predates that. But you can have a really cool and interesting looking Yoda and reveal a little bit more about what he looked like at the um, High Republic era and how that's mm -hmm. so different from what we have seen him before when he usually wears like the rags and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I'll say yes, but I'm more, I think, interested in the idea that he just does isn't around. John? I'm going to say no. Um, one, because I don't want to. I'm very surprised up. that that's your answer. Sorry, well, I didn't mean to put you off. You were the one that said too much Yoda, question mark? Yeah. Yes. I feel like they use Yoda way too much. Um, I feel like Yoda appearing is supposed to feel special and the more they're going to put him in stuff, it's going to be less that way. And also based on its pre prequels, 
um uh once they got rid of that gross no offense to whoever made it puppet yoda from episode one they lost the the mold and then they were like we could try to do this again and it did not go well yeah i i think the all the full cg yoda is what they would need to do and i don't know if they're gonna spend the money on that because you have to make yoda really good they have puppet from last jedi yeah but that's post original trilogy so that makes sense prequel era he was moving around a lot oh i get what you're saying yes 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 yes. so i think no i mean they didn't even de-age you know hayden christensen didn't want to spend the money on that so i don't think they're going to give us a de-age the puppet (laughs) yeah i don't think they're going to give us a full animated yoda like the way he was in the prequels and i just don't want him to show up so i'm trying to just hope that he's not they'll probably do it but i'm still saying no John is manifesting yeah. Yoda doesn't show up. <laughs> for, for the sake of Yoda. I love Yoda. <laughs> I got him right up here. But you know. it is crazy to look at like what do what do they spend their money on? You know what I mean? Andor seems to spend it on practical uh and Acolyte too. Uh, A lot of real sets there. Yeah, and Mandalorian seems to spend it on like visual effects and things like that because they do have like the giant monsters and the stop animation and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. things. It's uh, um, and then I don't know, Obi Wan probably spent it on the actors, you know, Obi uh, Ewan McGregor is probably pretty expensive. I don't know, right? Well, um, let's go ahead and move on to the next question for Will the Force this week, and it has something to do a little bit with our discussion from last Monday. Will R two D two have a bigger role in the Ray Skywalker movie than he did in the sequel trilogy films? John, you get to go first on this one. Is there any chance that we're going to see R two get a bigger role because uh, he maybe got overshadowed a little bit? Uh, again, I'm going with my hopes here, so I'm going to say yes. Um... R2-D2 is such a beloved character and he's evergreen, um, obviously for obvious reasons. Um, I mean, all right, respect to Kenny Baker for everything he did at the beginning, of course. Um, but I think R2 was underutilized and I would like to see more of him in 3PO doing him in 3PO things. I think that humor and back and forth is always a lot of fun. So I don't see why they wouldn't. Uh, so I'm going to say yes. Lacey? I'm also going to say yes. I think R2 will have a bigger role because you can't have a smaller one because he was basically right. not in the sequel trilogy. So I'm going to say yes, he will have a bigger role. <laughs> They're like, R2's napping for this whole movie. I MIA. <laughs> I don't know. I I kind of want to say no. I, I think... Um... I think part of the reason I'm thinking this, though, is because I feel like R2 and C-3PO are sort of determined on what Anthony Daniels is going to do. And if they bring back Anthony Daniels to do the Ray movie, then at what point does he stop? Because he already said he was done. And I mean, I think they'd let other people do it. Do the suit and he'll do the voice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. If that is the case, I just I find it surprising that they would have C-3PO in a live action movie when Anthony Daniels could do it. But he said he wasn't going to because he already swore, uh, you know, it's my last. Chris Bartlett could do it. The key does all the droids in uh, Mandalorian. And he was the one that did C-3PO at the Oscars years ago. You need a very skinny person. Chris Bartlett is like the official C-3PO when it's not Anthony Daniels. Yeah, I there is a guy who lives around here and I know that he does C3P C3PO appearances 
uh, officially as well, including he did some work when Anthony Daniels was on his book run. He -hmm. was like the official guy for this, like for like the Midwest or something. He did. Yeah. I, I don't doubt it. I think Um, they do like John said voice and then. Yeah, you probably. Um, so I'm going to still say no though. <laughs> Part of my thing is I'm still kind of confused over like who, who belongs with Ray and who hangs out with Ray. Cause you would think BB eight, but then there's Poe and I don't know. I'm kind of confused about the spot of R2D2. So for now I'm going to say he's unfortunately going to get, um, segmented into the one, the, um, Skywalker saga mm-hmm. and probably ushered down even more, unfortunately. Uh, but that's just my guess right now. Um, let's mm-hmm. move on to the next one here. This is another patron submitted question. This time, this one is coming from Major Derek Smith. Hey, Derek. Uh, our, our Major Derek wanted to know, will Grogu and Chopper buddy up for comic relief in Filoni's movie? Lacey, you get a chance to answer this one first. Is this a good pairing? Are we going to see it? Yes, I think we are. I think we got a glimpse of it with R2-D2. Surprisingly, we just talked about the R2-D2 right. and the Mandalorian, which honestly he had more of a role in Mandalorian. Uh, <laughs> in, uh, with the Filoni movie, you're going to see a lot of Chopper. We've already seen that come up with Ahsoka. Um, so I think it's a no-brainer that you're going to have the two kind of fan-favorite cutesy characters be together. I'm not saying like the uh, whole movie, like a buddy cop movie, but like, are they going to have moments where they team up for comedic relief? Yes. But Grogu and Chopper back with a vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John, what do you think? I'm thinking more of, cause Chopper is a little spicy and he has his people and I don't know how willing he is to hang out with new people or be out cuted. So I'm going to say it's going to be more like R2 and Yoda when they first met, where it's like, mm. I don't like you. Like, you That'd know? be a nice homage to. Uh... Yeah. So I'm going to go with they're not going to buddy up, but it will be comic relief, but they'll sort of butt heads uh, a bit. Um, and then they'll probably all figure it out at some point. But have we have we seen Grogu be sassy with anybody? Uh, well, I, I don't know what's I don't the know eggs. Sassy. Yeah, I don't know if that's sassy. He was just like a little kid eating, you know, what was on the table, so to speak, you know. Uh, I'm just thinking, like, have we had any? Well, the no, when he's like, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, you're right. Back over here, he's like, no. I was thinking of, like, when he was reaching for the ball and and he would take it away and then he was reach for the ball again. He's like, I'm taking it, I'm taking it, I'm taking it. Eventually, Mando gives him the ball because he was, like, you know, insistent. Um, But John's John's no, no, no is probably the Cara Dune, he got sassy with her when she tried to get feisty with the Mandalorian. Remember, she choked him out, choked her out. Oh, right, he did. He did. I totally forgot about that, and he had to be like, "No, don't do that. Stop it." Yeah, that's right. So yeah, he does have the capability of being sassy. Stop murdering people. (laughs) Gina Carano Um, was in the Disney Gallery Mandalorian season three as much as Pedro Pascal. um i do think that these two are going to pair up uh but uh, honestly this is probably a bad but this a bad idea but this is where my brain went is that i thought we uh, normally think of chopper as that like evil feisty droid or whatever but he has had very few moments where he like holds Hera's hand after kanan's death and stuff Mm -hmm. and i could see 
Grogu being a character that when they pair them up, like you're saying, John, like he, he's feisty, but Grogu like wins him over and he's sort of like, yeah, um, like, uh, man, my cat really likes you. He's mean to everybody, but for some reason he curls up in your lap and Chopper could be the one that like it all suddenly becomes protective of Grogu, you know, mm-hmm, and they have mm-hmm. that like pairing. So I, I kind of saw that and that sort of gives whereas you have very easy arcs for all the characters in the in the uh, uh, Rebels crew, the ghost crew. It's a lot harder to have an arc with Chopper, but people who will have seen him all the way from Rebels season one or these other earlier books and things like that character getting to the Mandalorian and then seeing him being protective and, and caring around a, a small child, baby like yeah. character could be kind of an arc for uh, a droid. You know, it's like, I, I was like, Oh, that might be kind of interesting, but I definitely think they're going to put these two together. You're going to see them on screen for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, last question here. Will you be satisfied if Lucasfilm focuses solely on star Wars moving forward? No indie willow, no new IPs, just a galaxy far, far away. So Lacey, this one comes back at you first. What do you think? Is there any chance that we're going to see? Well, only will she be, yeah will she be satisfied i'm not going to yeah, be satisfied yeah. because i want more willow i was i loved the willow series i stand by everything i said online despite what people have responded with i genuinely meant every word that i said or wrote about that show i really enjoyed it i liked it for what it is and i hope john kasdan does more of it and he has hinted that hey this isn't the end of this story just for now it's the end and I have hope in that. And I and I would like to see more. Um, and I liked what Lucasfilm did with it. Indiana Jones is a little tricky for me only because everyone's initial reaction is like, oh, well, then Phoebe Waller-Bridge can take on the story from here. But she's doing Tomb Raider. So they can't have is two she? shows. Yes, she's doing the reboot of Tomb Raider. So you can't have the her Wait, character. Is she, uh... is she what? Well, I was going to say, is she joining like the She's reboot going of... to be the Tomb Raider. So they're rebooting it again? Yes, in Weird. the 90s. She just did an interview about it the other day, actually in her interview about Indiana Jones. So my response to that is like, you can't have her play basically the same character in two different things. I mean, they're seemingly yeah. doing them back to back from Indy to this, but I'm saying like she can't continue on because the rumor was that she was going to do a series for Indiana Jones. And this was like a year and a half ago. I think what people are seeing as, oh, this rumor is a series for Indiana Jones was her getting the Tomb Raider series that they assumed was Indiana Jones, and it's not. Um, <laughs> so I'm not really sure what Lucasfilm will do with Indy. It seems like this is it. Like, they're really like, this is the end of this story. And I feel like years ago when they were going to carry on, I thought it was going to be Shia LaBeouf, and they did nothing with that. So I will not be satisfied if Lucas doesn't continue the story of Willow. I think they left it in such a cliffhanger that it needs to be finished and it and it can't be left where it is. So I would not be satisfied. However, outside of that, would I need new things from them? No. I just want them to finish what they started with every other thing that we talk about, like Solo. Yeah. Um, John, what do you think? I mean, Lacey brings up a good point. I would like to see like at least maybe a Disney plus Willow movie to finish the story because wrap it up. There's nothing worse than like an unfinished thing that you enjoy, which they clearly left it for a very interesting, you know, 
taking off point. Um, but I would be satisfied because um, I don't want them to continue Indy. I know everyone keeps saying Kei Hui Kwan should do a short round spin. Oh yeah, him too. Yep, yep, yep. I don't. I don't want that. I. I think that would be setting them up for failure with the fans saying like, oh, they're just capitalizing on Indy without Indy. Let Indy end. It's okay. It's okay for yeah. Indy to end. And I, I don't know who I would think at Lucasfilm would be the person to be the new George Lucas to come up with a story. He's not doing it. So I would be satisfied with them channeling all their resources and all their creativity into making more Star Wars. And that'd be fine if they continue Willow Cool. But if not, I'd be satisfied if they just stick with Star Wars. And sorry, yeah, I it sound a little like uh, monotone or whatever. I, I'm I, I don't feel well today. So I'm <laughs> I'm I am very excited about all this stuff. I just may not sound it. So just everyone, in case everyone's wondering, being a trooper. Um, I my initial answer was that I was going to be okay with them moving Star Wars, but I I don't know why. But like when Lacey brought up the Willow thing, I see it. I see it written right there, Willow. And I'm like, I skimmed over it, but you're exactly right that, that I was very, I'm very disappointed to hear that the, the show's not going to be getting a second season and it doesn't seem like they're moving forward with it. And they left it just so perfectly for, they took it off know, Disney plus. It's got an, That's a, the a crazy thing. stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. It's got a, a cliffhanger ending where they show like, you know, like it's got a happy ending, but then they show like the other part of it. And then they show like books two and three and it's like, you know, like, what are you doing? Like, even then, if they did the movie, I'd be like, okay, so is the movie book two? The movie is book two and three. I don't know. It's just, it's so frustrating that that happened. But everything else, I don't need them to have new IPs. I don't need them to do more Indiana Jones. They have felt like a Star Wars company that also does these other things occasionally. So if they just kind of cut off the other things occasionally, then they would just be a major Star Wars company. It'd be like, oh, yeah, that's 90 five percent what everybody thought you did anyway so yeah just be a hundred percent that i'd be okay with that um i'm not looking necessarily for them to expand but man that willow thing means you're exactly right Lacey. that i i would be unsatisfied if we never got an answer to willow and they just straight up said lucasfilm from this day forward will never do any other property except for star wars i'd be like well that's it that sucks yeah that does yeah um, but speaking of things ending, uh, that is Will of the Force this week, and we are going to move on to our next segment. Lacey, what do we got? All right, guys, it's time for the Patreon pod race. All right, there are lots of ways you can support us. You could like this video, comment, subscribe on YouTube. You can follow us on social media at TRB Podcasts. So we're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all those places. So make sure to follow us there. Or if you want more than that, in addition to obviously listening to us on audio platforms, Spotify, Pod, uh, Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Thank you. Uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Starting at just $5 a month, that's it, 5 bucks. You get to be a part of the resistance, a part of the community there. Take part in the show, like this Patreon pod race or Will of the Force or mm -hmm. much more, and including uh, live streams and Discord access. It's just the ability to be a part of something outside of just listening to the show. And it really helps us to contribute to what we want to do now and in the future and where we see the show going. And you're saying like, yeah, I want to be a part of that. And we appreciate it. So this is the part of the show that we let our generals and spice runners take part. We ask them a question, they give us an answer, and then we discuss for a little bit. 
So I do want to thank those people. So first of all, thank you to our generals, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Hadarth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Michael Mori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Aaron Ellington, Micah Harrison, Colin Cormer, Jolt and Jedi DiMaggio, and Diana. Thank you guys so much. Thank and Vice Runners. David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellnar, Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Michael Fry, and the Fort Worthian. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Can I pop two. in here real quick? I just yeah. thought of something that uh, reminded me. Um, this week, I just out of curiosity, I was talking to Chat GPT and I asked them about us. And it gives, you know, it asks, it says like, oh, this is this is what James brings to the table. This is what Lacey brings to the table. This is what John brings to the table. And it described like the podcast and everything. But one of the things that I thought was interesting is that it said that one of our main things that we do is we rely or not rely, but like we encourage fan participation and we include our listeners in the show. Hmm. That's true. And I was like, that's that's interesting. That's that's cool that that's like that's the take where it's like the computer's looking at us and it's like why is this podcast special? Why is this Star Star Wars podcast different from a million other ones that I could be telling a user about? And it, well, it leaned on that, and I was like, part of that of might be because I fed that stuff into it several months ago when we were writing our bio <laughs> oh, for there you go. Star Wars celebration, and I was feeding stuff into it to try to word it properly of like what we should oh, do. Oh. So. On. The way that it works is that everybody feeds information into it and then it learns and it grows from there. Mm -hmm. So while James, you're totally right, it might have pulled some of that stuff from the internet. I think also of it might have been because your co-host over here has been feeding things into it to like, <laughs> I don't know, learn things, I guess. But it is funny. We also have an IMDB page that I don't think any of us created. And it shows... We it didn't. Like, it says 643 episodes, 2016 to... And it lists like guests we've had on with photos of them and list descriptions of episodes Who's running the imdb like yeah <laughs> well, how, how did this GPT? happen <laughs> anyway sorry but that is cool james <clears throat> i agree um but in saying that it is super important to us that you guys are be as in the listeners are part of the show and you guys make this what it is and make this community what it is and make star wars fun so that's why we do segments like this, if you're wondering. <laughs> so this week we do have Aaron Ellington. He's back again, excited to have him. And his question was, since Disney acquired Lucasfilm, which Star Wars movie or show did you have the most fun watching? So Aaron, take it away. Since Disney acquired Lucasfilm, which Star Wars movie or TV show did you have the most fun watching? And for us, the easy answer is Rebels. We totally agree with James that it's one of the best Star Wars stories ever told. Uh, one reason I like it is because it's a continuous story across three seasons with the same characters uh, versus something like Clone Wars that has kind of disjointed stories throughout the seasons. Um, I'll rapid fire through a bunch of reasons why we love it. Uh, first, Ralph McQuarrie's original artwork for uh, Star Wars was used as hev heavily for the inspiration for the style of Rebels, between like general style elements to things like um, right here with uh, the original design for Chewbacca uh, being used for Zeb and the original design for R2-D2 being used for Chopper. So that's really exciting. Um, and then um, it has a ton of connections to the original trilogy with cameos from Obi-Wan, Luke, Leia, Lando, Darth Vader, Tarkin, R2-D2, C-3PO, Mon Mothma, and Yoda. 
It has connections to Rogue One with Saul Guerrero and his search for the Death Star. It has connections to Star uh, Clone Wars with Ahsoka, Rex, Bo-Katan, Darth Maul, Hondo, Anaka, and it even has connections to the extended universe stories with, and legends with Thrawn. So for that, those reasons and many more, uh, Rebels is one of our favorite shows and uh, we always come back to watching it. So that's our answer, uh, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Nice job, Aaron and Andy. So James, what did you think? Because you got a little shout out in this answer. Yeah, you always go to John first. You went to me this week uh, because this is this is the worst uh, pod race I've ever seen. This is their awful. This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No, yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, there's so many reasons. I love that you went through and you're like, here's, I'll give you the, go through the reasons. This one, this one, this one, these reasons. Some of those, I didn't even, I like, you know, you hear them and you go, yeah, I know that. But like, sometimes I, like I was listening to that and thinking, that's true. And I haven't, I hadn't put that together. You know, that it's just, it is such an awesome show. And I think uh, you guys are right hundred percent. So I appreciate you saying specifically that I'm the person that like, uh, rallies for that. And, uh, cause you're right. Um, and I'm glad we're on the same page. Just thank you for doing the pod race. John. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed this answer because I can see that you guys are very passionate about the show. Uh, if I had to pick my favorite star Wars animation, it's rebels and it's not close. Um, and also what's interesting, you know, Rebels ended five years ago and, you know, I, my apologies, I, I don't know how old Andy is, but, you know, it, you know, Andy coming of age as a Star Wars fan, it allows Aaron an opportunity to like rewatch that now with his son. And then you have that father son dynamic of Kane and Ezra. Like, that's really cool. And all the stuff you listen to, you know, Ralph, Ralph McQuarrie art, uh, no doubt about that. Uh, I don't even know if you mentioned it, but, you know, Kevin Kiner's music. And you made a great point about the serialized nature of Clone Wars versus this, which is a continued narrative, which is my preferred style for those types of shows. So uh, great job, fellas. I love the background, too, of course. And I I was going to be nervous that Andy wasn't making an appearance, but I saw that Aaron was already shifted camera left, <laughs> knew that that spot was there. So I don't know if he was coming from the ceiling, from the side or where, but he pops up. And there was our Andy. So uh, great job, fellas. It's good to see you. Thanks for doing the pod race. And thanks for all the support. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're big uh, Aaron and Andy fans here. Yeah. Uh, this was a great answer uh, from you guys. I One of my favorite things about being a Star Wars fan is hearing how everybody else likes it. Like, it's such an interesting question to me, like being like, oh, what's your favorite thing about Star Wars? Because everybody's going to have a different answer. And I just appreciate what you guys said here the passion and love that you're bringing to the conversation is always just such a highlight. Um, so I thank you for taking the time to do this. It really means a lot to us and sharing your love of this with us. And I'm just so hyped for you guys for the Ahsoka show because you're going to love it. And I don't even know that. I haven't seen it. I'm just saying based on what your answer was here uh, and what's coming and what we've seen from trailers and stuff. It's just, it's, clearly that this show is a continuation of rebels the ahsoka mm. show so i think you guys are going to really 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 love it and i can't wait to see what your reactions are going to be once the show's out um but yeah now we're going to go back to john okay time for our discussion it is the state of star wars summer 2023 obi-wan once thought as you do all right every season 
we like to take the time we have on the podcast to have an open discussion about the state of the franchise. Uh, so now it's time for our summer 2023 edition of the state of Star Wars. Um, I will start sort of where that Will of the Force question was. Um, there does seem to be this now centralized focus on Star Wars. You know, we closed out in the Willow. Sadly, it looks like, at least as of now, that will not be continuing. And there's been no chatter or any rumblings about any new sort of IP out of Lucasfilm. So it seems like it's Star Wars and Star Wars. And um, I kind of want to talk about the Ahsoka series a bit. Um, I will just say that I feel like I should be more uh, hyped but I feel like it's been sort of like quiet on their front. And I know we've talked about how this week there might be some new footage coming out. And by the time this comes out, maybe that's possible that that already happened. But <laughs> I, I'm i excited about Ahsoka. I am. Um, but it's funny because now they're tying all this stuff together, like Ahsoka and then Skeleton Crew. I feel like I can't like when, when they announced Ahsoka, I was like, it's going to be Ahsoka and it's going to be this one thing that's dedicated to that character. And we're going to be able to watch that and end that. And now it's like, no, that's going to then pass the baton to skeleton crew in some way. And mm-hmm. then that's going to go back to Mando. So I'm just curious that that, how, how are you guys feeling about Ahsoka heading into it? James, you go me, me. Um, well, coming out of Celebration and seeing all of the stuff that they showed at that live action panel, I was like, my reaction was surprisingly oh, Ahsoka looked the weakest. Um, I am very excited about the the story of where she's going to be at that time uh, and the inclusion of all of the rebels and ghost crew and all that. It all seems very interesting. But every time I look at the footage, it looks like it's missing something. Um, I don't know what it is necessarily, but it seems like it's like that thing where you're like, like almost like they just show shots of people. You know what I mean? Like there's the person like taking off their cloak and I'm like, I mean, that's cool, but like, give me something more than that. Show me what, what is special about this show? Is it the, um, is it the, 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 the clothing or, or the sets or like, are we going to be doing some sort of like time travel thing with the the big glowing thing that's flying around. I feel like there's more that they're not showing us yet. And they're probably just relying at this point on the name recognition of like this fan favorite character is getting their own show. So get ready. Like Obi-Wan. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, I hope that there isn't all of this pressure on Ahsoka, the show to being led by, you know, Dave Filoni and then like the same way it was being led by Deborah Chow. And it's like, we're putting a lot of pressure on that person in that show. And it ends up like falling flat because we have this idea of what that show is going to be. And when it is just like, it's more like a simple, straightforward story. And there isn't like a huge catching thing. I I don't know. I'm just, I'm I'm nervous about that show. I feel like skeleton crew and acolyte are going to have flavor. Uh, Yeah. And I think it's like, it's flavor. I think Acolyte made people see Ahsoka as like, if we never saw the footage of Acolyte, Ahsoka probably would have looked better at Celebration. And you have bigger stars in Acolyte. You have Carrie and Moss. You have the guy from Squid Game. uh, Like cinema, like cinematic. It looked big. Um, Let me ask you to this question. I get this sense just, you know, online and hearing people think that, especially after Obi-Wan 
And then right after that, we got Andor, which was filmed on all these locations that all the excitement and hype over the volume has really gone away in a big, bigger way than we thought. I've it seen would. that online. Like yeah, with trailers so, and stuff, uh, people will put up shots and be like, this looks like terrible. So, so yes, yeah, someone said there's no foreground pieces <laughs> or something like that. Uh, and I like, I was like, oh my God, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. do you think that is true? Do you think that affects uh, something like Ahsoka, which was filmed in the same studios, Manhattan Beach as Mando and Obi-Wan? And, but do you think that Ahsoka is in a better spot because it doesn't have the, I mean, it's big, but not as big as Obi-Wan as far as the character goes. But do you think it coming from animation helps it that it was done in the volume? Because, oh, well, we had an animated show and now it's live action as opposed to something like Andor. It's just this big, giant thriller, action thriller set pieces. Do you think no, that has any impact? I think I think what you're saying, John, and what you just said, James, is kind of mixed in this misunderstanding of general audiences that lucasfilm and disney in general have banking on people doing things because it's star wars and they've been doing that for years i think they got it with the force awakens and they got it with rogue one and they just assumed after those things were so successful that anytime they said star wars people were going to show up now the mandalorian yeah so then the mandalorian happened which was another crazy case scenario that just happened to have really really intense success from Baby Yoda to all these things that then crossed these other audiences of like, have you seen the Baby Yoda? Like it was like this big yeah. thing. So James, I I agree with what you were saying earlier. I think, and I'm going to use a real life example. I think that Ahsoka Tano, despite her being such a fan favorite popular character, she's not known in general audiences. The only reason my husband knows who Ahsoka Tano is, or even the name Ahsoka Tano, is because James made a joke video two to three years ago with me saying Ahsoka Tano in (laughs) slow motion, and and Matt says it all the time. So anytime Ahsoka comes up in a conversation, he's like, Ahsoka Tano. Was that that from uh, uh, the Who Are You game? Who Are You, yeah. You and I played Who Are You, and I did an Ahsoka quote that wasn't a movie it wasn't a movie quote. It was a TV show. It was a quote. TV yeah. show quote. And you had gotten it wrong. And I was just like, Ahsoka. And you're like, Ahsoka Tana. And then I was like, Ahsoka Tana. And it was a really yeah, funny I, clip. I slowed I, it down. Yeah. I might have to repost it just because it is comical. But <laughs> Matt, Matt thought it was so funny that that stuck with him. And that is the only reason he knows that character's name is because of this stupid video that I'm in where Matt or like James made this ridiculous thing where I'm saying it in slow motion. He wouldn't know who that is. He has no understanding of who that is. And I think that's a big problem that Lucasfilm is facing is because they can't bank on the fact that it has Star Wars in it. And I think from other videos I've seen online from like comedians or influencers on TikTok and stuff, they always say like, oh, there's this new show Bing Bong coming out about a Mandalorian or like about a bounty hunter, like jokingly, obviously. Right. That they said that it just sounds like it's too much in this kind of detailed information for Star Wars fans that if you aren't in it, you feel like you don't have the time or thought process to understand it. Because people aren't going into it being like, oh, this is a story about hope. 
this is a story about you know fighting for your friends and fighting government and doing whatever they see it's star wars it's got all these characters that i don't know it's got all these things that i'm never going to understand in easter eggs because that's what people have made star wars into at this point especially with the mandalorian is what easter eggs are there and it's always like if you feel as an outside fan that you can't spot those things that you're not going to take the time to get into it if that makes sense because then you just feel overwhelmed because you're not going to get the references and i'm not saying ahsoka does that i'm just saying that ahsoka tano as a character isn't mainstream i don't think yet do do you That's think fair. that it's in, yeah. in some ways it's sort of the like it could be i'm not trying to be you know argumentative but do you think mm. it could be the opposite of that too where people are like like they they would look at something like skeleton crew and they don't recognize any of those characters they're like i'm not watching that but then like when obi-wan comes up they're like oh i know that character i'm definitely watching that one 100 percent. i think it goes both ways i think it could go that they don't know the character and they're like a or they do know the character and it doesn't live up to the expectation or what they think mm -hmm. of the character mm -hmm. Like, look at Solo when Darth Maul showed up at the end. Everyone was like, what? what? Like, even dead? Matt. Yeah. Matt was like, who is that? Um, or, like, to completely misunderstanding the time frame then, being like, this all took place before right. Phantom Menace. It doesn't even make any sense, but that's the only way they were able to put that together. Whereas, I think a good example, James, and I'm going to use you as the example, and you're, you're welcome to correct me at any point, but... A good example would be with The Mandalorian when you came in at that, which I think a lot of new fans came in at The Mandalorian because they felt like they didn't have to prove anything. It was a brand new story that nobody knew. We were all starting at the same point. Mm -hmm. You similarly felt that, felt that way when Disney took over because you're like, oh, everything's been erased. I can start fresh. I feel like a lot of these shows that are bringing in characters that are well-known, that are tied to other things, it can turn people off because people are like, Oh, that's a lot like do i have to go back and watch this thing like how does that fit in what does this what does this mean does this take place at this point and i'm speaking strictly from a general audience point of view i'm not speaking from a star wars fan a diehard star wars fan a casual star wars fan. i'm talking about the person that doesn't really watch star wars but turned on the mandalorian because they heard about baby yoda but those are the people that make the difference when it comes to views and money and what's going to happen next because they're the ones that are then buying the you know, for everyone saw TFA, even if they were had never seen Star Wars before. Right. For for someone like the like fans of Rebels, like there are lots of those. They want those fans to watch Ahsoka. So they mm -hmm. say they say, oh, it's kind of like Rebel season five, but they don't want the normal people to hear that. So they're like, you don't need say, to watch that. It's yeah. sort of like Rebel season five. Then people go, oh, well, I didn't that's, watch Rebels, so I don't want to watch 100%. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Filoni. So they're they're caught in between both stories, and they're like, "Look, for people who did, it's going to be great, but for people who didn't, it's still going to be great." You know, and it's like we don't know how to reconcile like which one is the true answer. They're both true. But I think they're having the, trouble marketing it, to be honest, because they're like, general, "What do we do here?" The I I haven't seen. I mean, it's well, I just it's don't think it's started yet. Really, it's July. True. All right, fair, but it's July now, and. I remember, uh, you know, at least leading up to Andor or Obi-Wan, at least like the diehards on social media or podcasters and stuff were talking about those shows and like hyping and stuff. I I haven't really seen anybody talking about Ahsoka at all. Uh, and it's very strange to me. Not yet. Not, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure what, you know, why that is. I, I feel like I am interested 
and I'm going to probably very much enjoy Ahsoka like I do all Star Wars to varying degrees, of course. Um, but I feel like I'm more intrigued by Skeleton Crew because I don't know a lot about it. And I feel like that is like its own fresh Amblin uh, approach to Star Wars. Um, People are going to be know... attracted to that because it has kids in it. Yeah, and I don't know I mean, who knows how that's going to do, but you know, you got Jude Law in it, you got a big actor, and I'm not, you know, Rosario Dawson's a big actor too. Um, but I, I don't know, something, fe- I don't know, something just feels missing right now with Ahsoka, and I, I can't put my finger on it. And, and I'm not saying it's that's not what I be said. Good. I feel like the, the entree is there, it doesn't have flavor, it doesn't, it's missing spice or something. Ahsoka, yeah. Yeah, I I feel like, and w- I don't know. Maybe Lacey's right because you have Ahsoka, who diehard fans, especially animated fans, uh, like some of like it's their favorite Star Wars character, and she's a very popular, well fleshed out character. But then you have Thrawn as the villain, and the same, if not more so, general audience is like, I have no idea who that is, no clue. Who's this blue guy? Who's this? I have no clue. So who's the draw for the general audiences that said, oh, Obi-Wan, Darth Vader, I'm going to go check that out. I'm going to go. I'm going to go watch that show. Think about Andor. Maybe people like Rogue One or general audiences. It made a lot of money. Lowest viewed Star Wars show because there wasn't that person to to pull him in. Which show? Andor? Mando Andor. Yeah. It was the lowest viewed Star Wars show. Which is weird because... But then you because it at... is a show that is based straight on a movie. They took like a, a lead character from one of their movies and made a show about it. I know. So you would think Andor and Obi Wan would. I mean, <laughs> I get the difference. Trust me. But like, you would think that Andor and Obi Wan would be like their big title lead ones. Their Rogue One did shows. crazy money too. I that's what I'm saying. Thought, I never thought Andor would be a big viewer thing, ever. Uh, I just it, it's very grounded. It's not fantastical. There's no force. You know, people who are general audiences who like Star Wars want to see the fantasy lightsaber based opera elements. But, they, but but for the people that did like Rogue One, it made a lot of money. People really liked it. They went and saw it. So you would think whatever Rogue One was, bring that into a television show. It should do success. Darth Vader, Vader was Vader all over the marketing for Vader Rogue One. was all over that marketing. Posters, trailers. And the Death Star. Yeah, it's so weird. I just talked to someone this weekend who agrees with me. They're like, they hid Vader, man. I didn't even know he was in it. There was a big surprise. And I was, I had to like fight. He was in the trailer. Side. I was yeah, like, he was in the trailer. Celebration like, 20. Yeah, but they put like his voice. Like, no, they showed him in that trailer. Darth Vader will pull people. That's why I'm shocked I, they never did a Vader movie. Um, yeah, I, I get, I get all that. I mean, I, like I said, I was, I, look, I was on the other side of that. I was like, well, they did kind of show him here. And they were like, really? I must have missed that. I wish. Obi-Wan had the budget of Andor. I think Andor, I think Gilroy did an amazing job with that show. Um, I like that it's Star Wars getting award recognition f- for the prestige element of it. I think the sets hurt Obi-Wan. I think the the music hurt Obi-Wan. Yeah. When Natalie Holt told us about how she wasn't allowed to use those themes, that's really important to Star Wars, especially legacy characters. Like We didn't yeah. hear... like John Williams wrote that new theme for Obi-Wan, but we didn't hear Leia's theme, which we probably should have throughout, which Natalie Holt said she wanted to do. Um, we, you know, we didn't hear a lot of the main Imperial March until like, like I think episode five or six, they started putting stuff in. 
Obi-Wan was so strange. There was two composers on the show and she was the main composer, but she wasn't allowed to use the themes. The other composer did all the songs that that had the themes in it. Do you remember the themes in it? And it's like, this is strange. Leading up to Obi-Wan, I was like, this show cannot miss. It has to be hit. They have to nail it. I think about it all the time because you were like, it has to be good. I'm like, but what if it isn't, John? I know, but I think, I think I, all right. So I liked the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. But what if it isn't, John? What if it (laughs) isn't? Where are we at when the show isn't good? And you're like, that's it. That's all. Star Wars is over. I'm not saying it wasn't good. I'm not saying it wasn't good. I think I know, any fan, if they were hooked up to a lie detector test, would say that Obi-Wan Kenobi could have been much better. It wasn't a home run. No, it, it wasn't. Was it was a B, it was a B yeah. or B minus. And I still really enjoyed it. The last episode brought me to tears and I thought that was excellent. Uh, but some of the stuff leading up to it, I was like, man, whether it's the effects, uh, some of the you know, music choices do the limitations on Natalie Holt. You know, it's not her fault. She, her, her Loki score is incredible. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Some of the, some of the effects, James, you were talking about how obvious the intimacy of the volume felt uh, in some of those episodes, how claustrophobic it felt. That, and once you said that, the, the glass shattered for me. See through yeah. show we've had yet where I'm I, like, I can see they're standing on the volume. <laughs> why am I looking at a 40 year old Hayden Christensen right now? Why? I don't understand that. Like he should be, de-aged here you you com- completely recreated luke skywalker's face for another show and his voice and you have the guy here who's young and robert young downey jr still. yeah he's young looking enough still what why did they skip that like there's just weird head scratchers for something that people have been asking for forever and you mcgregor has been hiding forever they were going to do the movie i just i i feel like and it's, I don't think it's Deborah Chow's fault either. And it's almost like when you hear her say like, oh, that was a finished story for me. I feel like maybe she feels like she got shortchanged with budget and production and stuff. And it's I don't understand what happened with Obi-Wan. And now the cherry on that Sunday, if we want to pivot, now they're now they're putting out the action figures for Obi-Wan a year later. That stuff is still we talk about this every state of Star Wars. I do not understand that at all. What do you need to hide from the Obi-Wan series so badly Vader? No. Reva? It Whatever. Seemingly, and I say this every time we talk about Hasbro, and I want to be on the side of like, I'm not necessarily defending Hasbro. I think it's totally cool to, well, not cool, but totally fine to, uh, you know, provide feedback to a company if you're unhappy with them or, you know, be honest if you're spending money and you're a customer. I get that. But I've talked with these teams so many times, like these guys over the years, I've talked with them like time after time. And they've been very clear since the first interview I ever did with them that they didn't know Luke Skywalker was in TFA until they were sitting in the movie theater watching TFA. And that has been the case from basically every product that they find out so late in the process and but TFA that's had figures so. out before the movie came out, at least. That's true. But they were also putting out figures of like Ray and Finn. And I guess they weren't as secretive about that. But it seems like things have gotten even more secretive. And I'm not really understanding why. It's too far. But yeah. to me, overall, and this kind of plays into that action figure thing, is that it feels like we're kind of in a lull for Star Wars right now. I think we had this kind of awesome peak at Celebration. And then we had you know, the Mandalorian. And I don't think season three hit as 
good as season two. And I enjoyed I, season three. Especially I think the season, last couple I thought it was great. I think there's yeah. some moments in there that are like the best of the series, but yeah. I don't oh, yeah. think it had the lasting impact on me or other fans that season two or one had like with Luke Skywalker. Mm. Like, how do you top that? And yeah. I feel the same thing that you were just saying with Obi-Wan is like, it didn't hit as hard as it could have. And sure. I yeah. feel like the feedback that I've seen online the feedback that we've heard from our own people in our own community to my own feelings is that we're in this weird lull period of like what's next and Ahsoka should be the thing that we're all hyped for. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, even though we're all excited, obviously we're going to watch it and talk about it. There is this feeling of like, eh, like what, what is next? And they're Did pushing the anything... movies back. And it's just like, you're like, what is going on? It just feels like you're in this kind of floating state in Star Wars. The the, the the Ahsoka panel at Celebration, I thought was flat. I thought it wasn't exciting. Um, Dave Filoni was very secretive. And I think that's why the actors were kind of handcuffed on what they could say. Lars was the best part. Uh, yeah, I didn't really learn a lot from that panel overall. Um, I can't say that about the other panels and stuff like that. But... Um, I mean, I heard the Return of the Jedi panel was a disaster, but um, uh, the the I don't the Ahsoka series. I, I'm not really sure. I, like I, I'm thinking about that footage, and I remember like the crowd popping when we saw Thrawn. But that's like one of those I don't want to say a cheap pop, but it's like we finally see him, and everyone's excited. But now that we have seen that, I know not everyone has. I don't. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to remember something from that Ahsoka footage that had us go jaw drop like Acolyte did. So I do want to shift to positively to like acolyte. Acolyte looks amazing. Did you? Do you the, guys have anything? The jaw drop. The jaw drop. Ahsoka with moment the was no, probably the space whale at the end. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they they do that the, like they show it and then they like look up in the ship and so it's like oh you're getting live action and we'd already seen the Mandalorian at that we point saw Mandalorian mm-hmm. and we're like yeah. oh this is all cool and connected yeah I mm-hmm. think that's probably and that's the they put that at the end for that moment it's supposed to be your big thing so we know we're getting some of that stuff and that and that is exciting to me but like I said when you look at the footage I feel like every time I see something about Ahsoka it's just a picture of Rosario Dawson in her hood. Or someone doing that. Give me something else. The the look at the camera that they do in the trailers where it's like, like the look, the slow push, the look. Or they show Hera and she's always just like. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually Ahsoka. Ahsoka's always standing like that every time. Everyone's got their arms crossed. I think even Sabine has her arms crossed at one point. But my my only fear with Ahsoka, and I do want to move on for the sake of time, is I can just sense the diehard rebels fans being like this is not even close to as good as rebels you know i can see that already happening when that show comes out and i you know we're being critical and curious i hope it's amazing you know that i hope it's an awesome awesome show i hope if it is really good and it's a part of this manoverse and they do a second season i hope that's great too it's just there is that weird feeling and i want to know if our audience agrees or not maybe they're like what are you talking about I'm so excited about Ahsoka. But I think Acolyte... most people are hyping it up too much. And I'm I feel good where I'm at because right now I don't feel good about the show. So I'm hoping I go in and like this show does not look good. And I'm like Maybe the, it was good. I love that. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um Low Acolytes for me. I feel made Ahsoka 
look not as good because that show i will never forget watching that footage and i'm not sitting there doing a reaction video my jaw like my mouth opened i was like oh my god it looked god. amazing it looked that amazing looked awesome so mm-hmm. whatever leslie headland's cooking up with that cast i that's the one i'm looking at right now i am i'm excited about ahsoka i'm i'm very curious i want to check out skeleton crew and i think i'm gonna like that acolytes the one i think and maybe that's a part of the vibe is like i'm looking forward ahead to that one maybe right. too far ahead but yeah, yeah. um that's next uh, year right 2024 2024 yeah mm. and then it's you know that brings up you know what's next because the writer strike and all that stuff i hope that gets resolved i hope they pay the writers but uh, on a positive on, on another positive note i am just all in on the james mangold train uh for his movie and i i think that that could be one of those movies that star wars could get award nominations for uh with his direction and if he tells an original story that is fantastical like he if he wants to make a 10 commandments biblical big star wars movie without restrictions i am very excited at the prospect of that and then on top of what we talked about on thursday about how they're going to use the force to sort of connect that and the stories after nine so we're going as far back as possible as we can and now as far forward as we've gone and they're saying those two stories are going to be connected via the understanding of the force all of that stuff has me very very excited uh, on top of just the feeling like right now in your brain like think about sitting in a movie theater a new star wars movie comes up the crawls are all coming back kathleen kennedy said that uh there's just this unexplainable good feeling about knowing star wars movies are coming and i know that the 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 schedule i have an are, opposite feeling i have a feeling really yeah i'm so I, excited about new star wars movies look, more than the shows I'm ex- no, no no i'm excited about the star wars movies i have this dread <laughs> they're gonna get canceled or they're not gonna happen you think or the daisy g- ridley movie's gonna get canceled I don't know. I won't know until something's being shot. That would be a complete disaster because they. I completely like, agree. I'm saying, I guess I've been burned so much over the past few years as a Star Wars fan with the movie stuff, like with Rogue Squadron and everything. And then like this Taika thing where he's like, I don't have mm-hmm. a middle. And then they're like, he actually doesn't have an end. And then Ryan Johnson is, you know, whatever. Um, I, mm-hmm. I will feel better once it's filming and i've said this about the series the tv series too if next april it ends up to be true that daisy ridley is on set being ray then i will be like i'm so excited already let's you know what i mean let's do this Mm -hmm. but until Mm -hmm. that happens i have this like weight on my chest of like what if this doesn't work what if this doesn't happen what if this gets pushed back again what if it gets canceled it's just feeding that kind of negative vibe of like they don't know what they're doing that would be so, yeah i'm i'm 100 with you i don't i i don't know about the dizzy ridley the ray movie getting canceled but um, I do a little bit about the James Mangold thing ju- simply because I've seen Indy. I like Indy. I could see maybe what people might have problems with, but the, I look at Rotten Tomatoes and I see some of those scores and now it's Monday. So we know how Indy did and how people are reacting to it. But as of recording, the fan this, score we don't is better. know that. And I'm, I'm 
worried that people would would will recreate that curse of like, uh oh, James Bangle gets announced for Star Wars, then he puts out a movie, people don't like it, people don't want him in, it gets put away. So I hope just, that doesn't happen. As of this moment of recording, the critic score is up. I think their biggest mistake was opening an indie movie at Cannes with those French critics. They don't understand what Indiana Jones is supposed to be. Fair. It, the critic score is up to sixty seven percent from it was like 50 out of con and the audience yeah. score right now is at 88 mm-hmm. what's wonder woman 2 at because <laughs> if it's a 67 and an 88 then we got a problem <laughs> yeah i i don't think wonder woman but, uh, but i doubt it too but my other thing about the ray story what i fear is the rogue one solo treatment where we get halfway through the movie and deadline is reporting that the story's not coming together and there's all this drama on set because nobody knows what's going on the ray movie and it's supposed to come out in may that's what i'm saying it's like you have this you have this director that's come in and like it's fine the story's there but i feel like there's a chance that we could run into that similar drama that we've gotten with uh lucasfilm where like maybe they fire the director halfway through and they have to have someone come in and save it or the or they play ball you know she plays like gareth edwards did and we have somebody else come in and rewrite and restructure the third act and all this and it's like maybe we end up with a good movie and that's fine obviously I think it works that's... for rogue one and solo but yeah it is scary that we're gonna have to go into that same world where everybody's afraid of that movie being terrible because all we've been hearing for two years now is why are they doing this? It doesn't make any sense. Why uh, did they hire her? Why are they bringing so-and-so back? Where's Finn, you know, or whatever. It's I like, I think they will do everything they can to make that the best movie possible because there is a lot of noise of people who don't like the sequel trilogy and that's fine. And I can't wait for the articles in 10 years that say, Rise of Skywalker has actually a pretty good movie. You know, yeah. anytime, this stuff gets, anytime this stuff is t- like right now, Crystal Skull, everyone's like, Crystal Skull rips. It's awesome, dude. And like, look at the prequels. People crapped all over the prequels for years. It mm-hmm, was, mm-hmm. it was, you were, you were Those weird. masterpieces? If, How dare you they? You were weird if you thought the prequels were good. That was yeah, a you real were, thing. And you got made fun yeah. of. Yes. Yes. And people still make fun of it. But mm-hmm. it, it's, it's the kids who watch that. They have voices now. And that's the same with Ray. You see those little kids who were five with the Ray haircuts ro- walking around and then at celebration at movie theaters, whatever. They're going to be 15, 16. They're going to be driving themselves to the theater saying like, I, I grew up with that character. They're going to be the ones that say, no, you shut up. This is our hero now. That, I think Disney understands that from a generational standpoint that Star Wars is aging like the older main audience of men older men so that's why you see them steering a lot towards these other uh ways of drawing in audiences uh they're still struggling with uh international but i don't know if that's ever going to change maybe that's why they're going to japan for celebration i don't know but i think they know if that for whatever reason that ray movie like gets canceled and daisy ridley's gone that will shatter a whole generation of little girls and little kids little boys and even uh, us like and who, like ray's amazing so, uh, you know, Andrew Staley, you know, the people who love Ray as a character, it's like, I think they will do, like you said, James, everything they possibly can to make that movie work. And if it's director changes, and who knows, maybe it starts filming in April and it becomes the most perfect Star Wars production since The Last Jedi. And they have two years to put it out as opposed to a year and a half. 
and it, it winds up going well. And I hope it does, you know? So I, when I think about the Star Wars movies, the only thing that bums me out right now is that they got pushed back again. But I think that's because of everything's getting pushed back. Yeah. The writer's strike is, is kind of screwing everything up. So I blame the studios for uh, shortchanging the writers. Um, you need good writers in this industry. And you can't Star tell Wars these stories anybody, without writers. Because yeah. they're always changing writers. Indy 5 had a bunch of writers. You know, a lot of these movies always have changing writers. You got to pay these people to get these movies out. And I'm willing to wait three years for the next Star Wars movie. Um, but I, I, for some reason, I'm just feeling hopeful about the future Star Wars movies, especially because they they listened and like Kathleen Kennedy's like we're bringing back the crawl. Like in other words, like without saying like we made a mistake, they're like that's the opening of a Star Wars movie is an event in itself, and to to have taken that away was strange to me. So I like that we're gonna go back, we're gonna hear John Williams's blare, we're gonna see the logo and whatever comes up, uh, we're gonna be in a seat watching a new Star Wars movie with that. That alone gets me very excited. So. I'm a little, I have a little trepidation and a little meh about some of the Disney Plus stuff because of the budget. Um, and I hope the Andor budget doesn't make them say like, well, we put $250 million in and nobody watched it. I hope they understand that that's a different show than some of this other stuff. Keep putting your money into these big character pieces and put your focus back in the movies because then say the Ray movie is awesome then you can maybe make a series off of that with a character that's introduced there. Let the movies create series instead of the other way around. I don't know. You definitely have the other way around, which is Dave Filoni's series. Yeah. Yeah. Leading which I think, I think that will be good too. I believe in Dave Filoni. So I also want to point it out that this is the exception and not the rule. And I totally understand that, but there is a guy at my work who has not been following star Wars for a very long time but he loves Thrawn. Like he loves the, all the old books and he loves Thrawn and all that other stuff. So it's exciting to go to him and be like, dude, have you seen these trailers? Do you know what's happening? Like they're bringing him back. They say heir to the empire in the trailer. Like oh, right. all of this is leading up to a big movie that was announced. Like, and like to watch his face be like, I really don't care about star Wars, but if they're bringing back Thrawn, <laughs> they're, if they're bringing back Thrawn, like he's like excited about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there are more of these people than uh, we give credit for. And I don't I think they move the right. needle. Yeah. But I'm saying, I, I right. think there are people out there who have sort of shut out Star Wars because it's Disney or whatever. But like when you see that the new Star Wars movie is going to feature the, the blue guy and you're like, is that Grand Admiral Thrawn? Wait a minute. Hold on. What has Disney been doing? I think or some of those people could turn about around, people but... who don't know who Thrawn is, who meet him in the show. And they're like, that is an awesome villain. I'm all in if on this guy. Or sure. Yeah. But I'm, I'm even saying like, like it's been going on in the show and they're not paying attention to it, but then you're going to see, you're going to see trailers for the next Star Wars. As long Wars as they don't redeem Thrawn. You know? just, please, can we just keep villains, villains? Now, there's no way. I don't think. We've been spending, obviously, majority of the time on the movies and TV and stuff. Yep. Um, but I think a big thing that we haven't talked about in the state of Star Wars right now is video games. Because the video mm-hmm. games are kind of crushing it right now with oh, yeah. Jedi Fallen Order and then Star oh, Wars Outlaws. Uh, yeah. Jedi Survivor. Sorry, Survivor. Not Fallen Order. The I Fallen haven't started one. that yet. Yeah. Uh, and then Star Wars Outlaws is like the big, you know, open world game. I think Star Wars has consistently hit very well on video games. Like they haven't really missed on video games. True. So I'm yeah. interested to like see the where they go Lego, from here. Lego Skywalker Saga was really cool. 
Yeah. And I think that kind of experience for fans to kind of make their own stories is going to continue on in the future. Um, I'm interested to say, seeing as we just talked about TV and film, how those video games will translate within those canon stories that we are seeing either on the small screen or the big screen. Mm -hmm. Because we constantly hear about uh, Cal Kestis making the jump, like all the time. All I the feel time. like they have to. Harloff <laughs> claims that uh, they're making a series for they're him. So. To, you're you're 100 right that jedi fallen or, order was well received and i think that survivor has been i think it like had expectations and it met them and exceeded them yeah i think people are more excited about survivor they're like that game i thought it was going to be good it's great yeah i think yeah. that it went above and beyond and i think that right now there is a huge i mean the video game industry is massive and it's over there and Star Wars has managed to come in with a triple A title multiple times now, but twice mm -hmm. specifically with this character and those best selling people, games. Yeah, those those uh, that audience is all in. You tell them he's coming to a, a Disney Plus show. They go, I guess okay. I need a subscription. Yeah. True. Mm -hmm. I will for the, the two months that that runs. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely buying that. I feel that. Um, not him specifically, but because of the team and because of what they developed, they have written a check for for um no, no I'm blanking on his name. I want to say Cal Kestis. It's not, it's uh Cameron Monaghan. Um, yeah, yep. I think that he is in a position where he's just like, you know, I've done this character and uh, you know, I got my check for that or whatever, but it's so well received that I think I now have a future as a fan favorite character in in live action, in possible animation, in in more stories. What people always Star. wanted the Star Killer. Same what yeah. were they always wanted that, you know? There's a there's definitely a an appetite for that. Yeah, I I am I think that is a lock that hasn't been announced is that he will play that character live in some way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which in making the game, he already has with, you know, the lightsaber training and the motion capture and true. I mean, the commercials capture. for it, like him and Mark Hamill together, it's like, this has mainstream all over it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like, you're exactly right. Lacey. we're talking about the live action stuff and we're forgetting how big that game is. It's got commercials with Mark Hamill and and they're showing it. Uh, I mean, Celebration was brought to you by that game. Mm -hmm. And it, it's something that I feel like is That's like you'd see a Super Bowl commercial for it. We think it's just like the live action stuff. It's like, but I, it wouldn't surprise me to get huge AAA commercial reception for that game. And that's an aspect of Star Wars that we don't think a lot about. Right. Are you Do you still have in, uh, appetite for playing games, Lacey, like you used to? I'm more interested in the open world one than the uh, I like story mode. You can just mess uh, around if you want. Yeah. Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor just they kind of scare me. Like even watching gameplay, I'm like, I'm not this talented. Intimidating. That's why I felt yeah. about that uh, squadrons or whatever. I was like, yeah. this I stink at this. I didn't play yeah, it again. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> I what what stops you guys from watching it on YouTube? I just said I well, watch it. Yeah. I just said I oh, watch it. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I, I just saying by watching it, I get intimidated, even just watching it, people yeah. play it because I, I just like, don't. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I took that as like whenever you see like a clip of somebody playing it or something. No, I'll like, watch it. Yeah, okay. I'll watch well, it all my the time. Son does that. He watches people playing video games. I'm like, what? 
<laughs> I think that's the thing that people yeah. do. <laughs> it's just, oh dude, I think God. that I think that's so. Yeah. That's kind of normal. You're know. the weird one to think it's weird. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're like, what? Why would anybody watch somebody else play sports, John? That's so stupid. Just go you, out you in the back. The same. I do yes. think that's the same. Yeah, yeah you're watching you're like a movie. Oh, jeez. It's called Twitch. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, you just admitted you're not good at the game. So why don't you watch a professional play the game? They do it very well. Why don't you mind your own business? <laughs> anyway, saying. I'm more excited for the open yeah. world stuff, and I'm definitely more. I know that there's rumors going around about another Battlefront or another FPS. Those are the ones that I really love. And I like those because you get to play with people online and like do stupid things and blow stuff up. And yeah, it's more about the community. Cannon. Yeah, it's more the community it's like aspect. Ray versus Darth Maul versus, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Han Solo. What, mm -hmm. what is happening? Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll say this, um, not to necessarily wrap because if you guys have other stuff you want to bring up, um, I am teetering towards death right now but <laughs> um I, uh, we didn't talk about the books i feel bad books and comics obviously high republic still well and you're doing a review of the delilah dawson book i am right? it's this yeah it's the same thing that we we encounter every time it feels like they're leaning too much in the high republic when was the last time honestly that we got a book that was outside of that like shadow, shadow of the, the sith, sith. right yeah. i, 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 I mean, don't want to spoil anything for anybody yeah. but the red blade book that's about to come out uh focuses on order 66 and i know going into it i don't know how anybody else feels about this I'm very much like we have gotten so many stories in Order 66. We have gotten mm -hmm. so many stories points about it, the yeah. fall of the Jedi and the rise of the Sith and all this stuff that immediately just the topic of it, I was like, okay, another story about the Order 66. And I get it. I know people really love that period and they're all about it. Uh, I'm not necessarily that person um but the book so far has been very interesting and we'll get into that in my review later but uh the high republic in itself i think goes back to what i've been saying i think for me personally with the tv stuff of outside fans of because i haven't stayed up to date with it i feel out of the, out of touch i feel out of touch and i feel like it's already too much and then you just feel this burnout of i can't keep up i think high republic is one of those things that has a pocket of fans who will die for that series and they love it. And I, and that that's great for them. I'm happy. It's, but but it's I think the college football of star Wars, it's like, if you're paying attention to it, it's great. How many sports analogies but, are we going to get out of you today? <laughs> I'm just saying it's like, it's, it's this other thing that's like successful and it's over there, but it's, like it's not major league football. So right? I'm like, just like four and touchdown, you know, it just, <laughs> uh, used just to, used to roll with basketball, uh, managing or scorekeeping or something. What are you talking about? I want to be a sports broadcaster. Actually. That's the, that's the biggest joke of all here. Uh, enjoy that. I worked um, at NBC sports for two semesters. So that's the big joke. I think, um, I think overall, I feel I feel good about the state of Star Wars, but I think the one thing that's going to be on everyone's mind as more months fall off the calendar is that looming thing of, you know, I don't want to say lame duck because I don't think she operates that way, but Kathleen Kennedy has a little over a year left on her contract. That's a big deal because, you know, everyone was thinking like once Indy comes out, she's going to announce that after her contract, she's leaving. I don't think that's the case. 
I don't think they're going to announce that she's leaving in like, I don't. Someone said they've already, she's already left. Like it was all over the internet today that she left. That's obviously nonsense. I mean, I know, but I'm just saying. uh, Me and James weren't sure when we were at the indie premiere, we saw Kathleen Kennedy, but we're like, wait, maybe that's Connie. Because we weren't sure. Oh, uh, they wore the almost identical dress. And I'm like, come on, guys. You got to yeah. gotta at least give us something to kind of so yeah. we know which one's which. Um, but overall, I do feel good. I am um, curious to see what happens after 2024 because Bob Iger's contract's up and Kathleen Kennedy's. So there's going to be a lot of changes. And all these movies that we're talking about come out two years after that. Right. So that my my only like i feel good about the state of star wars for the most part i really do but i think that like when you look at the future as yoda says cloudy cloudy with a chance um, of meatballs with a chance of meatballs yeah for sure that's the exact quote from george lucas did he say that <laughs> oh you're kidding around oh i you know what i thought well first of all i'm i'm about to slip into a coma but before that <laughs> Oh, I'm so I, sorry. Oh, I gave it to <laughs> Couldn't James. get to mute fast enough. Yeah. Our stream yard <laughs> is so good that I got James sick. <laughs> yeah. I so you know what I thought because I'm so I'm so stupid in this moment. I thought that movie about Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, they named it after a George Lucas quote or something. So I I believe <laughs> you are delirious. Yeah. I'm slipping slowly into senility. I have um, uh, all right. one quick comment about yeah. Lacey mentioned books and I, and I feel like I say it every single time we do this, but I just don't understand where lost stars two is. Agreed. Agreed. A hundred percent. Agreed. It makes no sense to me. It's like the one everybody talks about so many books and it's probably the most anticipated book. I can't think of anything that people would be like, uh, like that one would be the number one, you know? I think it's Lost Stars 2 is the most anticipated book. Well, she talks oh, about wanting to do it, and yeah. yet it's not happening. And I'm like, I can't put together why. I understand why they're not doing Solo 2. I want it to happen, but I understand. I don't understand why they're not writing Lost Stars 2. What is, what's the issue? Why? Why are you holding off on that? It doesn't I make any sense I to me. I don't so it, understand really, why they're not doing so long. That long, one thing, yeah, that one thing makes me think that the High Republic, like the publishing side of Star Wars is not, they don't got it or something. They, I don't know. Like she knows, but she can't sell it or something. They're like, that's not what they want to read. They want to read more High Republic. And it's like, I don't think. Well, that's here's the thing. thing. You, you can never find out how these books are selling. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hard to figure out. I mean, the reference books, I think, are on fire. I, you know, we're friends with Clayton, so we're obviously biased, but Timelines is awesome. Like, what a good like, resource. Did Lost Stars not sell well? And so they're reluctant to do another one, even though it's been received well with think, fans after the fact. I don't think there's that kind of pressure on the books. I, I mean, I worked in publishing production for a <laughs> Which decade. Then, but if there's not, then why not just write it? Why not just do it's it? Crazy it's crazy to me that they sell. There they, has to be pressure or they something. They post numbers for box office. They post numbers for records. They post yeah. numbers for, but not books. DVD sales used to be posted. Yeah. Yep. It's 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 very strange. I've always tried to Google it. And I'm a good Googler, but can't find book sales. Can't do it. I wonder Nowhere. why. It's a secret. Only Michael Sigley knows. 
the well with, with I'm music, saying in general why <laughs> with music know. I don't feel like they publish it it just people talk about it because so many people in the industry have access to that information like mm. I was able to get that information if I wanted to and you see a lot of reports that say like Taylor Swift sold over has sold over two million records or whatever you know or, talking and, about more Taylor than that. Swift a lot too by the way I'm just saying I'm just saying it's out there we see it in the headlines but actually if you wanted to look week to week to week to see the sales um, I mean maybe they do to now but when I was around I was like this is not public information so Taylor, the Taylor only Swift ones that was surprising in- to me was that the film industry was the only one that felt public about it right right Taylor Swift is going to be in Mando season four as I'm. She's a part of the academy now, so she can do whatever she wants. Yep, she's the she's she's the greatest. What a talent! All right, uh, anything else? I'm sorry. What was that comment? Why was what? that needed whatsoever? She clearly what? is talented. She's won so many different awards and Grammys, and is like one of the top pop stars ever. What did I just say? You know what you said. You said it in like this snarky, sarcastic, like, no, "Oh, what a talent!" No, no. Yes, you did. No. Maybe you didn't realize because you don't feel well. <laughs> you I think you took that the wrong way. And you need to shake that off right now. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's go back and all right. play it. Anything else? Because <laughs> you made the same comment when you someone brought it up before in last episode. That's probably on Patreon. Um, anything else, guys? No. I'm. I. I think overall, I'm just chill vibes for the summer leading up to yeah. Ahsoka. That's how I feel right now with this underlying nervousness about what's next. Let Ahsoka surprise us. Let's not go in overhyped. Which I uh... feel like I felt this way two summers ago before Andor. I felt mm. like I felt the same way when it was leading up to like what's next. Um, I'm back there. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. We would just want to thank everybody for listening, watching, being a part of TRB. Uh, we appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, let us know what you think about the will of the force topics. What would your answers be? Uh, and hope you enjoyed that Patreon pod race. And of course our discussion on the state of star Wars, where, where are you at with the state of star Wars? Leave a comment, shoot us an email, wherever you want to hit us up. If you're a patron discord, we can chat there as we always do. Uh, but we want to know what you think about the state of star Wars uh based on what we had to say here some good some bad happy eh it's all a mix and when you have a franchise this big it's going to be that way um but lacy did all the plugs you know all that stuff just make sure you keep sharing with your friends who like star wars and uh let's keep having fun together talking about this wonderful movie franchise that george lucas created that we all love so dearly um you can find me on twitter at johnny hoey and uh my movie podcast just like the movies uh we're doing titanic next believe it or not really yeah it's topical um lacy how about you <laughs> uh people can find me on twitter and instagram at lacy gillerin and on tiktok at it's lacy gillerin and my review for i want to make sure i get the exact title right star wars inquisitor rise of the red blade will be out sometime in the next week nice james uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, both at Myra Trunks. All right. And also, uh, if you haven't yet and you've seen Indy, our spoiler review for Indy yeah. on the YouTube channel and pod feeds. And if you're, for whatever reason, have hesitation of seeing Indy, we have a non-spoiler review also. Uh, make sure you know which one you're clicking. Uh, <laughs> thank you, everybody, so much. We hope you have a wonderful week. If you are in the U.S., have a wonderful 4th of July. Be safe, and we will see you 
uh, Thursday night with TRB Live and another episode of the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. <laughs>